Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, The Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with The Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Friday, February the 12th, 2015, 2016. Boy, I'm reverting the year. <laughs> and we want to thank Mary Redante for that song. It was We're getting some kind of echo here. We want to thank her for that song, Evolve. Uh, we've been using that as our intro and and our exit song for going on six years now. And so we thank her for that. Our calling number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, your heart, and uh, you may or may not be able to tell that uh, we are driving down the road. Mute Getting a little echo there. There we go. That's better. We are out doing errands once again as we get ready for for the uh, next level of our intensive program here in Orlando, Florida. Just finished a nine-day codependence to interdependence, and we've got kind of a lazy few days in between. This afternoon, we'll do some energy field work and uh, processing, and we'll be moving forward. And next Thursday, and I believe there is one space available. There might be two. I'm not sure. We're still someone who said they were coming in the middle of making a decision, hopefully a choice, and moving in the direction of joining us for Laws of Living. And I'm really, really excited about this Laws of Living class because I've never in all the years of doing this gotten to work with a group that when we've gotten all their evaluations together are all in the upper third of the evaluation scales. And it's just, uh, I see it creating a platform that's just going to take this class to a, a whole different level. So that's exciting. And when I say exciting, I'm talking about the work of forgiveness, the work of uh, learning how to be responsible for it and change our minds. So Jeannie found an interesting uh, video this morning uh, where there's a young man who's learned to echolocate. At two years of age, he lost his sight. He's now, what was he, probably 12, 13, something like that? Yeah. And he's walking down the street with someone, and... This young man does a series of clicks, much like you'd expect a dolphin to do. And as he clicks along, he, interestingly enough, just one second here, through his learned skill of locating through his ears, he makes these clicks, and just like as we understand the dolphin or the whale, he can see or hear the shape of things. So he's walking down the street with someone who's, you know, interviewing him. And this little kid, 12, 13 years of age, says, oh, over here on my right, there's a garbage can. And he walks over to the garbage can within about a foot of it, and he puts his foot out and just just touches the edge of it like he knows exactly where it is. And then he says, over here, oh, that's a fire hydrant. 
And he knows this. He's totally, completely stone-cold blind. He knows this by the perception his brain creates from sound. And for me, it was an interesting little window on, you know, the, the piece of information we've been feeding to the world for some time now that you don't see anything outside of you, that in fact what you call seeing is uh, is something that's created in your brain by receiving frequencies through your eye. And the eye is a one-way device. Everything that we think we're seeing out there, the same as this young man, when you see you see him, you observe him echolocating, do you think he sees and knows the shape of this garbage can in the exact location because his construct is accurate or because he actually sees it through his echolocation system? No, he doesn't see it. The same way as you don't see things through your eyes. Your brain generates a world of pictures that are painted on the inside of your eyeballs and they show you useful information for what your goals are. And if your goals are, you know, for anyone who's been in the workshop, we call the right side of the board, the land of hostility and fear, then your brain always constructs a world that deserves and will make use of the skills you've created if they're hostility and fear-based skills, and your perception will justify you using them no matter what. And for me, it was just an interesting reinforcement of watching this young man walk down the street and knowing what was in front of him that we do the same thing with our eyes. We have a one-way device that brings information in for him. He generates the sounds that come back with his mouth, but he hears through a one-way device called his ear, and his brain is able to structure uh, a, a perception of the world that's in front of him in exactly the same way our eye constructs a perception of the world that's in front of us from the information that comes in. But it's a construct. If our construct is accurate, we make our way fairly safely in the world. If this young man's skills weren't very good and, you know, someone put a garbage can in the middle of the, the, the sidewalk as he's walking down the sidewalk, and he wouldn't be able to proceed correctly and might end up tripping over the, uh, the garbage can. Uh, the same way that uh, if we perceive through hostility or fear, we perceive incorrectly. We see, we think we see a world out there, but we see a construct, and our constructs sometimes, or usually always, based in hostility and fear, has bumping into and tripping over people and things, and you know, we have such inaccurate representations of the actual world that we have difficulty imagining that our constructs are anything but accurate. And so we're here to support the development of a set of skills that eradicates from the mind corrupt data that keeps us bumping into things and people that uh, we really don't have any need to do, that we can change the game. And the game is changed by removing from the mind perceptions based in hostility or fear and getting back to the truth of who we are, and that is plugged into a proper source, a love-based mind that sources goals from the state of our human lives, which is love, and then gives us constructs that allow us to to comprehend at least a, a relatively accurate picture of the world. And so that's what we're here to understand, to bring forward, and to uh, to support on a global scale, starting to construct a world that's accurate rather than the world of uh, hostility and fear-based inaccuracies that always has us blaming others. And, of course, the question that goes along with that that I'll oftentimes ask people is, how many have ever had someone accuse you of saying something you absolutely never did or doing something that you never never did do. And when you've been accused of that, what state of mind was your accuser in? I guarantee it was always hostility and fear. Because in hostility or fear, we construct an inaccurate representation of the world based upon our sensory data. 
and the information that that data resonates in us. So the person in hostility or fear always perceives you inaccurately. And it, it can be difficult because we really seem to see something out there. It's difficult to believe that when our minds are using hostility and fear, our mind is giving us an inaccurate representation of what's actually there. So if, if you can transfer, if you can transfer the understanding that every time you've been accused incorrectly, the person who has accused you has been in hostility or fear, then perhaps you might start to apply that understanding to the fact that when you accuse another out of hostility or fear, you're accusing inaccurately. And when you realize that, you have just a huge, huge opportunity to let loose of the inaccuracies and get to live in the world as it actually is. And there is nothing in the world that justifies giving up the truth of who you are the actual state of being love that you're designed to function from. And so we're here to support that, the truth. It's interesting, I'm, we just parked in a parking lot and uh, a woman just parked the car in front of us and she got out of her car and she has a T-shirt on. And the front of her T-shirt says, we're all mad here. Boy, does she tell the truth. The world is mad. It's insane. Now, I'm sure she's not meaning the word mad in the sense of insane, but, you know, it's a pretty crazy game. You look at the divorce rate, the hate, the fear, the rage, the guilt, the grief, the pain, the drama, the trauma, the insanity. It's pretty mad, pretty insane. And each one of us has a choice. Hmm. There's a measuring stick. Is my construct accurate? Then it will be accompanied with love. Is my construct inaccurate? Then it'll be accompanied with hostility or fear. And forgiveness allows me to collapse the hostility and fear-based constructs and come back to the truth of who I am. What an awesome gift. What an awesome thing to even have a clue of in a world that, in that regard, is pretty much clueless. And so here we are ready to do that. And Jeannie tells me that we've got a couple of callers, so... uh, Let's say hello to area code. Area code four one three. Give us a name. Oh, Jeannie says it's Linda Russell. Hi, is Michael. Hi, Jeannie. Yes, well, sir. Hey there, young lady. How are you? <laughs> Very well, thank you. How are you? Awesome. Looking forward to seeing you in a few days. Me too. I'm just so excited. And I'm calling. To, um, Dr. Kim mentioned something on the radio show on Tuesday, I believe. I don't know if he's on today. And that also I'd like to hear your input on it. But he mentioned, he said, and I've heard this before, and I'm always so fascinated by this aspect of how the mind works. Um, he said, whenever you find yourself triggered by somebody's behavior, this is because you have engaged in this behavior yourself at one point or a similar behavior, and you are still judging yourself for that behavior or something similar. Bummer, eh? Yeah, and it sounds really cool, except when you're in the middle of it, like I was last night. You know, it sounds good when you're not. <laughs> but when you are, like, last night in my hostility, I'm like, God, I don't know. This doesn't do I don't know about this. But, and I kept saying, yes, come on now. Um, not about this person who's doing something that I don't think she should be doing in my house. And um, so I just wanted to, um, oh, this reminds me also, there's a worksheet that says, the other part of the question is, um, take a breath and slow down here. Um, one of the older worksheets says something to the effect that, uh, do, can I remember a time when this was done, this behavior was done to me? So, um, I, so sometimes I can't answer that question, like, as for what happened last night. I don't remember doing her that behavior, um, but I must have done something similar to it or I wouldn't have had this anger reaction to what she did, right? That's just the way it is. She did something and I had a goal for her and I still haven't gotten to the bottom of the goal. I did about five worksheets on it last night and got to a place um, where I was 
feeling like I was um, in a space where I could talk to her about it. And I did, and it went well, and I explained my expectations of how things are done here. She's a guest in, in our house. We're renting out um, some of our rooms here. Um, and so she's not abiding by the way we like to do the kitchen. And it's, it's like, same, it's a big deal to me, but I know it's not like in the, in the whole scope of life. It's really pretty small, but it triggers me. And so I explained to her, you know, I asked her, I said, uh, you know, she left a bunch of dishes in the sink overnight, and we just, you know, it just all of a sudden this started doing things that um, were kind of different. And so I found myself getting triggered. So I didn't know where she, I went to talk to her, and I, at first I said, how is everything going? And she said, good. And I said, are you okay? Are you feeling okay? And she said, yes. And I know she left um, a bunch of dishes in the sink again tonight, and then, oh, I'm going to do them, I'm going to do them. And I said, oh, okay. Well, thank you. And that was the end of it. And um, she's been here for almost two weeks, and she's been fine up until a couple nights ago. So, um, and she's also from Asia, and she speaks English, but I'm thinking maybe something's gotten lost in translation. So I wanted to make sure she was all right. And then, so last night came and went, and she didn't uh, do the dishes. <laughs> so I laid down and did some still point breathing for about an hour, and I noticed that it, um, it really helped after... I don't know if I was halfway through an hour or not, but it really helped a lot to just, and I came out to the kitchen and there were the dishes. And I was like, okay. And I was thinking, you know, um, part of me thinks if those dishes get done, I'm going to feel a lot better. But really, I want to feel a lot better regardless of whether the dishes get done right now or not. So I was kind of going through that last night. And then this morning I married and I came in and she was eating breakfast. And I said, how are you? And she said, good, I'll do the dishes, I'll do the dishes. And I didn't say anything, and I said, okay. And so I went out and did some more, and I said, thank you. And I went out and did more errands, and I came back, and she did the dishes that left and piled up on the <laughs> It's like, it's just, it's funny. But I have more work to do, I can see, because there's some irritation there. And I, and I know it's just because I want things done the way I want them done. And um, so I'm thinking, okay, so I've well, obviously me... engaged in this behavior before, and... Um, let me ask, being out of control. Okay. <laughs> let me let me ask a kind of a wild offhanded question. Did your power person ever push you, cajole you into doing something the way they wanted you to do it and go into a lot of irritation and upset if you didn't? Yeah, uh, yes, that sounds familiar. So it may not yeah. have been about the dishes. It could have been the laundry on the floor when you were four years of age. It could have been, you know, any one of a number of things. It may not be, you know, the exact behavior. If you go to Romans, it, uh, you know, all the way back 2,000 years ago, beware you who judge another for that in which you judge another. You've been guilty of practicing. And so probably the irritation energy, the disturbance energy, the compulsivity of the dishes have to be done now comes from a time when, someone who had more power over your life than you did, punished maybe to the point of abuse uh, until they got their way, until they got it done. And so that might be a direction if you're not really getting through the, you know, the key worksheets. It might be, you know, being controlled or being in control. It might be, you know, being, you know, yelled at. You know, I want my, my power person to speak to me in a gentle voice. It might be, being hit, I want my power person to have gentle hands with me, and uh, I want to have charge and control over my own life. Might be goals that might uh, uncover what's at the root of it, but when there's that kind of, you know, repeating energy and uh, I can't have peace because there's something in a room, you know, three rooms away, it's, it's not about what's in the sink in the room three three rooms away. It's about what's inside of me that's uh, triggered by just the thought of not completing a task, not doing it properly, not doing it the way you were told. That might be another one. There's just some worksheets around doing things when you were told, the way you were told. So it sounds like that might be the arena that you're playing in. And being that um, it's that... Um, attractive an issue that it pulls that much attention from you probably says it's a power person issue. It might be um, 
worthy of more than just a worksheet or two. Yes, I and you used the word that really um, just, I think you hit the target when you said compulsive, because that was, I was laying there last night going, this are just dishes in a sink. What is going on? It's like, it was like um, a dog, I, I was like a dog with a bone, you know. Right, and, I hear um, you. <laughs> I kept telling myself, it's not the dishes, there's what's going on, and there was fear in there too, it wasn't just with anger and anxiety and just, like, I felt my stomach just go woo. And so I was breathing in and out my stomach, you know, in that area. And, and um, But thank you, that's helpful because, um, yeah, I felt like I didn't have any control over her. You know, I almost felt like we were at, like, a standoff. It was so, it was just a really sort of bizarre thing that I felt going on in me that just didn't, you know. Well, thank you. That's very helpful. Did you ever, I forgot about did the power you like- dynamic. Yeah, did you ever feel like you're at a standoff with your power person and that kind of energy going on? Yeah, I don't. It feels like that could be true because that's the word that came to mind. That's the experience that I felt like we were in a standoff. Like, no. like with my daughter, I can power, remember power struggle. That. I'm not. I'm not so. I'm not. Yeah, it was like I, I, it was like I was with a teenager who was not going to do what mom wanted her to do. You know. But, um, <laughs> Well, that'll give you some clues and let us know how it unfolds. I don't know if you were on. I think it was last Monday that I uh, I shared a, a an explosion that I had, and uh, oh, yeah. my goal in that case uh, was, you know, for this person to uh, to treat me like a human being, and everything that it brought up in me, I treated them anything like a human being. You know, it's just it's the same stuff. Yeah. It's all smoke and mirrors. So. So when we get back to being conscious and you recognize carbon-based memories taking over and running the show, it's not designed to run the show ever in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, as one does the work, the carbon-based memory system falls into line and it goes back to being a proper servant. It gives you proper constructs and proper perceptions at the proper time for the goals of living your human life rather than all the aberrant goals that it's been given. You know, Yeshua talks about being the... Uh, the servant bound or the master bound by the servants in their own household. And that's exactly the situation is when, when I'm compulsively locked into something, it's because I have a power person dynamic going on that I haven't resolved yet. And uh, I'm desperately trying to avoid feeling what this is resonating in me under the surface by controlling something in the outside world. And of course it doesn't work. Very helpful, Michael. Thank you. Awesome. Delighted. Look forward to seeing you next Thursday, and uh, you guys drive safely, and uh, we'll look forward to hugging both your necks. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Blessings. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I think we've got Susan Darnell. Hey there, young hey, lady. Hey, Michael. You? I'm just Welcome. fine. Good to hear Linda. Good awesome. to hear you. Hi, Jeannie. I'm not sure if Dr. Kim's on the phone. I haven't heard him. How Dr. I'm not sure Kim whether Dr. Kim is there or not. Dr. Tim is there and he's on. Say hello. Hey, Dr. Tim. How are you today? I'm doing well, thanks. I'm driving. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm getting ready to get on the road. I'm kind of uh, just getting the car loaded. So be safe. I am. Cool. So, Michael, you want to talk about the laws of living class? Yes, let's talk about laws of living. Tim, be safe in your driving, and we'll do the same. Oh, you're driving too, Michael. Wow, okay. We are. Um, Actually, I was sitting in a parking lot here at... um, Whole Foods while Jeannie went in and got some namashoyu so that we can make onion bread for next week. Oh, yummy. And, I love uh, onion bread. So we're just we're just uh, pulling out of the parking space and heading back to the house in, here in Orlando. Uh, a little egret just walked in front of the car. And uh, we'll be uh, back at the house in about 20 minutes, and then we're getting ready for people to arrive on Thursday. So we're rocking. That's fantastic. 
Well, I think I was supposed to call last week, and it just didn't work out for my plans to uh, make it happen. So I just want to call in and just say, um, what about that awesome growth that Miss Terry had in my Laws of Living class? Wasn't that amazing? That's pretty, uh, I mean, the work you're doing with people is just so powerful. On the on the cusp of miraculous, it's just amazing. I, uh, I agree. I'll, I'll, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I just you know really admire what you're doing in in stepping out, and you know here you are running your own business and growing that while you're working with people on the phone and uh, and doing classes, doing laws of living classes in person, and and the the changes that you're you're getting that you're making with people, just you know, absolutely. Phenomenal. So congratulations. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. You're a great role model. You and Jeannie and Dr. Kim, all of the group is amazing to have the support that I have. But, um, you know, I want to go back. The first time uh, Terry was taking the test with me, she was taking it over the phone. And she uh, has always told me, she's been my friend for quite a while since I moved to Wilmington, that she was ADD. And once looking at her scores, one of the things that you shared with me was a lot of times, when your fear, uh, freedom from fear score is that, I would say, in crisis. In crisis. say that. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that it appears that you are ADD, but what you're doing is you're hypervigilantly watching and, and protecting yourself from the next so-called crisis that you're seeing. So that was a great, and what I want to say about that is the shift in her to the last night of our class get an increase in the fear from um, it being in crisis up 28 points and her stress went up 50 points. So that's um, freedom from stress. I mean, that's, that's quite a, a shift in her huge. love of truth. I mean, it was higher than mine. And I'm sitting there looking at her and I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, you are incredible. Let me touch the hem of your garment. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm thinking. when I'm. Well, I took the test right before the class started and I'm like, so what I learned from this class, again, is that to teach is to learn. So for me yes. to constantly keep learning and growing in my own growth is to teach this, and that the joining of the class together offers the increase in vitality, uh, which offers the opportunity more for everything to come up that you couldn't possibly look at alone, which is true for myself when I increase my vitality in the group by connecting with them and making these eight weeks, ten weeks, whatever it happens to be possible, that's when my opportunity for growth, you know, and everybody gets into all of the um, the form, which I consider the class documents and the, the handouts, the form that we read. It's what brings us together, and it's what resonates sometimes upsetting people and offers the opportunity to say, wow, I got hostility here, I got some confusion going on or whatever, and that's that's opportunity to clear more than opportunity to defend and separate. And that's what I kept offering to right. my class was this is a great opportunity um, to see that the content that allows the vitality to go up is the love that we connect with. And in the presence of love, you're safe enough to allow it to come up. So don't get so caught up in the form, which is what we do in the level of the world. We get caught up in the form of of the the people around us and what they're doing and the stories that are playing when really the content of what's coming up for us, me individually, is my opportunity for growth, not as much as changing the outside world to make me comfortable, but changing the inside world where I live in my carbon-based memory so that I can be in the presence of whatever and hold a space of love in the presence of whatever happens to be happening. And in that presence, it gives a person in the outside world an opportunity to make a shift or for the world to change the way I see it. So, I mean, that's every time I do a class, when it ends, I'm like, thank goodness, I can do my worksheets now. I can get back on track. You know, I can do all this stuff instead of supporting the whole group. And as soon as it's over, when I do the evaluation scores and I see the difference the class offers, I immediately go into, okay, now what's the date I'm starting the next class? It lasts about 30 seconds of right. being relieved, you know, until I want to shift back into it because it's such an opportunity for my own growth, and I can feel the shift in my vitality 
um, when I disconnect from that group. So the laws of living that you're doing there in Orlando, uh, it sounds like with everybody being in the, uh, the upper 30%, the opportunity for going inside and cleaning up toxins that are deep, you know, as you said last night, you can go up, you can go into the carbon-based memory as low as you go high because you have the vitality and the strength to look at things that would be overwhelming by yourself. Right, right. Well, you, you trigger a, a thought in me as you're talking about this, a realization that I'd never looked at before, and that is that, you know, when you hear Yeshua saying that you'll achieve the peace that passes all understanding, most people, what they call peace is, I've got control of everybody and everything, so my disease is not in my face, it's just in my tissue silently killing me but you know things are pretty peaceful because charlie who was bringing up my rage is now under control i got him sent off to prison and bill who was doing this is is now you know across the street and i don't see him anymore i don't have anything to do with him so so i think i'm at peace because i've controlled all the triggers in my world but that's a piece that's the, that's the peace that the world offers and you know of course it's always then ready for the next war war uh, game to happen where Yeshua is really guiding people to go inside and remove the inner war. And when the inner war is removed, there is a state of being that the world just can't comprehend or grasp or can't even imagine. And so thank you for that uh, that piece of the puzzle because it's, it's an important one. Absolutely. And uh, the pseudo-solution of the ego, of course, is to change the outside world uh, to make me more comfortable. And uh, when I was in codependency, uh, they they actually, uh, recovery, before I knew about the worksheet process and your work, Yeshua's work at this level, um, they used to say abuse was to ask someone else to, to do something different so that you can be comfortable. That was uh, considered abuse in that 12-step codependent program that I was in. Um, right. Like it was, it was, it was interesting to see that. So anyway, I understand it differently now. It's about cleaning up my mind. So, But I've also been working with people one-on-one, um, like an hour a week with a certain person. And we did an evaluation before and then an evaluation afterwards. And, and right. what I can see is that the opportunity for growth with the two of us. Now, I was trying to figure out, is she hooked into the vitality? I know she's hooked in with me. And with the group, I was doing a Laws of Living group, but her scores, you know, uh, it showed us where her work was. So in the evaluation, it always gives you your three areas that are your biggest challenge, gives you mind shifters, things to do, and that's very helpful. And this person was so willing. If anything, I can say her willingness was incredible because at least two or three times a week, she would work on one of the mind shifters and she would do a still point breathing session for an hour breathing after she did the mind shifter. And and at the end, of course, you saw at the end, after the end of our six weeks together, her scores were up at the same as Terry's after the eight weeks of the laws of living. Oh, so oh. I was just thinking, all the work that she was willing to do, the connection with someone else that will hold the space while you're doing it, and uh, it's like, it's just amazing. I can see that we continually either move forward for myself or I have a tendency to start sliding back. So the only choice I see that I have is to keep my myself doing the work I need to do. Um, and what it reminds me of is uh, where it talks about Peter walking on the water. As long as he kept his eyes on Yeshua, he was walking on the water. And the moment he looked away, he started to sink. And for me, that means right. the mo- I have to keep my eyes on my purpose statement, canceling my goals and setting them the ones that are in alignment with my purpose statement and keep moving forward, and it's just a way of life. It's not just going to it an becomes, intensive for eight weeks. Right. Yeah, it becomes yeah. a way of life. It's, it's shifting all of that. And, and there is a fantasy in the world where forgiveness does not exist. You know, there are lots of bodies of work out there, and, and most of the bodies of work that are out there that talk about forgiveness is about, well, I'll forgive you. I forgave myself. I let myself for you or somebody else off the hook. So, so where forgiveness does not exist in its true form, a false belief develops that, well, you know, the mind just never changes. You can't change that thing. And that's true. Without forgiveness, you can't change that thing. But when you actually take that wake-up sheet and you begin to 
collapse the repeated patterns of the generations, then one gets to the point where they're in a situation where yesterday the mind would have been doing its little raving, raging, screaming thing, and, and they look, I mean, I've seen people look around and surprise for, well, well, where is all that upset? I mean, it's gone. I, I don't understand it. It should be here. It's been my companion all my life. And if one has been forgiving, actually delving into the underlying energy, then yes, the mind absolutely does change. It tends to change slowly, of course, because we're sitting on the shoulders of a thousand generations. And when you realize if, if you sit down and do the math, you know, just, just anybody, just sit down and take your pen uh, or your calculator and start multiplying it out. And, you know, so you've got yourself, that's one generation. Then you've got your parents, that's two people in the second generation. And then four in the third, and then eight in the fourth, and then 16 in the fifth, and 32 in the... When you multiply that out in 30 generations, we're talking about 1.7 billion people. Why does it take time and accurate tools to change the mind? Because that inertia-bound, multi-generational database, until it's uprooted, is going to keep playing out the same stuff over over and over again. So that's the whole idea of the tools and developing the uh, the commitment to use the tools to face things as you were you're saying this particular person had. And and if one does the work, then you know there's nothing to believe about it. So here, try this. Use the tools. See if it works. And and, and then on your uh, the conversation about the woman who'd been labeled ADD, you know, as opposed to attention deficit, I think that most, I'm not saying all, but I think most, it might be interesting to have Dr. Tim's uh, thoughts on this, people who are ADD are actually super uh, able to hold attention. And their attention scans what they consider or perceive to be from their past a dangerous environment continuously. So they're they're really uh, their attention fleets from item to item to item, from one corner of the room to the other corner of the room, behind them, for you know, on and on. And it's really a, a super form of attention, but. If one is expected to sit in an environment well, where, well, you know, you're supposed to learn with the king and the uh, the office manager that's going to run your life in the future, your your masters are going to do, uh, you have to learn what we want you to learn, then, yeah, that can seem like attention deficits because this is irrelevant to the truth of who I am. And when we give, we actually last night uh, watched the film uh, Mr. Opus, or pardon me, Mr. Holland's Opus, it's just so powerful, and he's trying to teach. He's trying to teach these kids things that are irrelevant to, oh, you know, love Bach, love Beethoven. There you go, music appreciation. And then he starts talking to them about what's of interest to them and what what's, what are their lives about in the music realm. And he ends up with, you know, this. it, it, it becomes literally he's he's a musician who's been working on writing this opus, and his, his opus becomes his students. And... Uh, so powerful when we recognize the true being and the true purpose of the people around us and are able to stand in the space of support for that. It's uh, it's so transformative, you know, taking that uh, second week's lesson from Laws of Living and really clearly uh, getting to what one's true purpose is and then structuring one's life according to that true purpose and forgiving everything that doesn't support it just makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. Oh, and you know, Michael, Jeannie, Jeannie, Jeannie has a quote to, to read for us from uh, Mr. Okay. Holland's opus. Go ahead, sweetie. At the end of the movie, hold on a second. At the end of the movie, um, there was one of the it was a previous student of his, and she had grown up, and she stands up there, and she says, you know, that um, he was a great part of, you know, everybody's life. It says, uh, Mr. Holland isn't rich, and he isn't famous, but at least 
not outside of our little town. So it might be easy for him to think of himself as a failure, but he would be wrong because I think that he's achieved a success far beyond riches and fame. Look around you. There is not a life in this room that you have not touched. Each of us is a better person because of you. We are your symphony, Mr. Holland. We are the melodies and the notes of your opus. We are the music of your life. I think that's awesome. And and that's the impact you're having on the city of Wilmington, which I think is awesome. Thank you, Michael. It's it's a uh, you know I don't look I just look at me doing what's my next right thing. You know what I'm saying? Everybody from wherever that walks through my life, you know, in my path, wherever I happen to be, um, is is where I'm at, you know, and, and the laws of living class is, is exciting. I'm telling you, it's really exciting. I got I'm looking at now uh the possibility of um hopefully and I am holding the space of love that I there will be a person that will attend uh my next laws of living that has to do with the prison system and the a drug and abuse he's over the drug and abuse alcohol program in that system. So I'm I'm holding the space that that will unfold and that'll open up another door of opportunity where I can go at a, a deeper level, a, a higher level, whatever. Just to extend me out, whatever Ruka has in store is great. But I just want to offer one thing that crossed my mind when you were talking uh, earlier was purpose. And I know you're getting ready to begin the laws of living, and I've taken that. I was laughing. I've been through it seven times, Michael. <laughs> It was the, the classes I took at Heartland and teaching, I was thinking I've read it seven times and, and I'm still learning. So anyway, but I can see one of the greatest things for myself was to get that purpose statement down and to align my goal management sheet, which is managing my mind, with that purpose to keep me on target and to realize how the universe, higher power, God, Ruka, orchestrates the world according to how I set that purpose. I mean, if you want to know something that's happening, look at your purpose because it clearly the universe will rise and the opportunities will come in alignment with that. So it allows you the opportunity to tweak it along the way and say, well, you know, this is not quite like I want it, so you just turn it just a little bit differently. But that purpose statement in the laws of living, that's such an incredible part of that whole journey of those uh, 16 days together. So the ones that are listening that are going, Get that purpose statement done because that's that's really um, it's something you'll work on for the rest of your life. But it's nice to get it started while you're in the presence of all that vitality. It sounds like you guys are going to be really flying high. I'm excited. I want to hook in there with you. <laughs> well, know, absolutely. You're going to tell me I have uh, to come, be, be right? Connected. No, just be connected with the energy, and uh, you know, maybe if there's a space where you've got a day or two to. to take a quick trip down that would be cool too but uh you know just hook in with the energy and with all that you've done what you've been five times through laws of living now that you've taught it right this uh, will be my fifth and i took it three times with you right teaching co-teaching last year and then one time to teach one time to take it for the first time so that was three at heartland and then four on my own is seven so i'm going into my eighth but i it's new every time. Every time I'm looking at it, Michael, and I'll, I'll look and I'll say, I don't ever remember reading that before. I guess I didn't have the eyes to see or the ears to hear, so here I'm, I'm opening to another level. Well, I'll, I'll just offer that uh, I co-created it uh, 30 years ago, and I'm still learning from it every time I teach it. So, you know, it's... it's uh, you know, when you when you recognize, and I love how Dr. Tim talks about it, when you recognize that um, we are infinite beings in an infinite universe, uh, how long is it going to take to explore infinity? You know, it's a process and uh, ever expanding, ever expanding. When you when you hear the ancient teaching saying the mind of man is not yet conceived of what lies in store. And, you know, if I go back 25 years ago, 30 years ago, starting this, I could not even have started to fathom where this work would have gone and the understanding that's come with it and the life that I see as possible. And then, you know, am I still just scratching the surface? What else is there in this infinite universe that if we really, truly recognized who we really are and truly functioned out of that, you know, 
What's the game going to be like? Who knows? And then imagine when seven and a half billion people wake up one morning, all totally, completely familiar with and filled with purpose rather than with, you know, aberrant family and cultural dynamics and actually starting to function out of that. It's like, what is this game going to be like when we drop war and rage and divorce and guilt and fear and terror and drama and trauma and actually function as human beings? You know, like, who knows? Well, that's what we get glimpses of when we tap in and actually have those spiritual moments of of connection to uh, love that I think is uh, the glimpse of the moment that you're speaking of with the 7 billion. And there's one more thing. I, w- I just recently talked to a person who said, you know, it's layers and layers. It's always how are we ever going to heal carbon-based memories, just more and more layers and layers. And something that came to me while we've been talking is the layers are the layers peeling off, as you said. It's going out of the system. And, yes, sometimes the ego wants us to say, oh, this is happening again. It's just another time, you know. But it's not. It's actually moving out of the system because those four things you said, are you doing more of the right things? Have you hit another level of vitality? Have you got an increase in elimination and are you craving a drug? And if you are, there's a good chance <laughs> that this is a healing crisis. You got that crisis. down pat, girl. Yeah, yeah. You got and, that and, down and pat. It's actually, it's not a chance. <laughs> it is a healing process if that's what yeah. you're doing. Absolutely, right. yes. I'm, I'm telling people, that mucus that is leaving, that cold that you think you're having, that elimination that, that you think, oh, I've got another whatever coming, it's a layer peeling off because you no longer need that mucus to store emotions that are being let go of. So you can become a lighter and a, a higher vibration. And it's just beautiful. And the ego mind, if I get into my mind, it will tell me, oh, this is happening again, it doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. That's a story. Let that story go. And any time I've got, so I've got this thing, if I'm not, if I'm in a state of fear hostility, I'm in my story. So um, the story I'm yeah. telling myself is blah, blah, blah. If I'm in love, I'm in truth. Yeah. And that's only that's two it. places and two states. So, you know, yeah. anyway, that's my my offering, and I will <sighs> bow to you and to the group, and I will... Namaste. Thank you for being on this journey with me and supporting me to do my purpose and live my truth, which is love, as I will all of you. I'm, I'm holding a space for this next laws of living. It's going to be phenomenal. Awesome. Great. Absolutely. And Ari's cooking. I can't understand. Ari's doing talking. well cooking. He's cutting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry about that, Ari. I know he's uncooking. He's he's doing his magic. I know that. I can smell it from here. Absolutely. Yummy. Yes. Yep. For sure. Okay. I'm signing off. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Nice work. Much Blessings. love. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And, Jeannie, we've got about 12 more minutes left, and you've got another caller? 765. 765. You're on the air. Give us the name. Where are you calling from? That sounds like you're calling from Sunny. Sunny from Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. All right. Hey, yeah, young lady, how are of, you? Um, thanking. Is it Susan that was just on the line? That was Susan. Yes. Yeah, Susan Darnell. Yeah, I love, 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 love the teacher extraordinaire in uh, in Wilmington, North Carolina. Well, I would love to be in touch with her um, uh, if she could work with me on some of what I got going here and ongoing um, in terms of what's always appropriate for the radio show. But, Michael, um, respectful for the timeline here. Um, in my process, I got the little yuck and snuff going on here, you know, the congestion, as you just mentioned, Susan just mentioned. And it's been a cycle through my worksheet process. Only this time it is a cold. It's not the uh, sinus thing. But what we to narrow it down um, in my generational work, um, I've uncovered osteoporosis. And Jeannie, you, I'd love to do no more about your work because I've I've felt you for about three months now. Um, the women in my generation. And um, 
apparently um, we've found where osteoporosis is a manifestation in my body right now, and it might be what's been causing a lot of the, you know, it's just some structural stuff, but it's been hidden. I've revealed it, and I'm on it. You know, I'm I'm counting my blessings, and if that is, um, you know, when in my my worksheet process, I've revealed like the hopelessness and the oppression and the abuse that many of the women in my generations have, you know, survived. And though I've not allowed that in my life, you know, that dysfunction or whatever you want to call it, all that pain. And um, I guess I'm kind of stuck right now in that what I have revealed is that I'm alone in my life, you know, but I'm not, you know. I don't know how to describe it. There is an emptiness in my life as a woman, unfulfilled aspects there, but I don't have the abusers in my daily life that my generations, my ancestors have had. I don't experience those things. So I guess I don't know how to get out of what's Jeannie, not mine that I'm experiencing. What is that? Take a, take, take a breath. Jeannie's got a thought for you. Okay. The first thing that popped up to me, Sonny, when you said, you know, you don't have the abusers in your life, which, first of all, you know, you want to rephrase, you know, because when you say not, the world doesn't hear it, so there are abusers. If there is not an external person there, the first thought that came to me was, so you're abusing yourself. Okay. Um, maybe in the carryover of the addictive, you know, the generational addiction was very ugly, and I do have the cigarette thing. That's about my only addictive, which is bad enough, and um been looking at that, processing that, and um, holding everything together in terms of excuses and whatnot. Um, I'm getting treatment for that, and you know, like the acupuncture, and then just processing a lot of stuff and being very gentle with myself in the moment. There's you know a lot of Good. things that need my attention right now. Yeah. So take a breath. And collectively. And- Yeah, I think I'm right on top of it. (laughs) Yeah. So, one, you know, there, I forget exactly, it's been years since I've dealt with this directly, but something like 32 different isotopes of calcium. And that means that there are many different types of calcium, but only certain ones can go into bone and rebuild bone. When we allow ourselves, when we allow ourselves acidic thinking and acidic foods, and what happens yeah. is the calcium gets sucked out of the bone to try to neutralize the acids. And, you know, people like the dairy industry pushes, oh, you know, we've got all this calcium in here. And, and that's true. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of calcium in milk, cow's milk, which perfectly goes into cow's bones. But in terms of getting it into human bone, the person who drinks milk hoping to get calcium is double defeated because, first of all, it's like, Let's imagine I'm building a house and I want to, I'm going to build it with uh, eight-inch blocks. And somebody says, oh, Michael, I've got a bunch of blocks. I'll send them over and drop them in your driveway. And they send over 12 tons of, um, of 12-inch blocks. i got blocks, but they're no good to me. I can't put them in my house because my house is built out of eight-inch blocks. And that's the only thing that will fit there. So I've got now all, I've got 12 tons of these blocks that I need to get rid of. So when I'm not engaging in the right kinds of calcium, then I tend to become osteoporotic when I think, speak, and act in acidic ways. When I bring 500 different chemicals in through my lungs, and when you say, oh, just smoking, like that's what I hear you saying is, hold on, hold on, hold on, be with me. What I hear you doing is minimizing smoking. It's one of the most toxic long-term ways to destroy the body that there is in terms of things you can bring into your body. So rather than minimizing it, I'd look at it. I have a really dangerous addiction that 
I realize I need to get rid of. And yeah. it's. I also realize that it's going to help my money situation because I also have a lot of complaints about not having enough money, but I've got enough money to smoke, and that's not a cheap habit anymore. So I thought no. you'd look at those. And then the cold, you know, nobody's ever going to find a cure for the common cold because the so-called common cold is not a disease. A cold is a healing process. It's a body vital enough to throw off what doesn't belong in it. And so enhance it, work with it. You know, I whenever I get that kind of stuff going on, it's warm lemon water, fresh lemon squeezed in the water with as much cayenne pepper as I can take and a little bit of maple syrup. That helps to break those mucus deposits up. It's a healing process. They're never going to find a cure for what isn't a disease. But, you know, all that the, uh, the medical world tends to look at is symptoms rather than process of health in the in the structure. When we start to look at the process of health, then I cooperate with those symptoms and just help my structure to get through them and get to the other side of it and realize, ah, I just unburdened myself of another load. And so that's an important part of the process. Yeah, so thank you. And I, I've I'm I guess I'm not really eloquent in my vocabulary and then when I know we're limited on the time on the radio show I, I tend to just kind of be very vague. But yes, it's all of that. I've got I'm embracing this process, this cleansing process, loving it. Um uh in terms of Good. I have the calcium. My my professor had brought me these great two great big tubs of powdered calcium magnesium and I tried to take it, I glanced at the directions and was just blowing through and it wasn't holding in my body. It was expelling very quickly and, and not a, a good process. And and here the other day when I started running out of some of my supplies, I, I looked more closely at the label. Part of where it's, I come into looking more closely, actually reading the directions, you do not jump right into a full dose. You work your way up with like a half a teaspoon. And it's supposed to be dissolved in hot water. <laughs> so no wonder it wasn't working for me. You know, so that was like a big aha in terms of looking more closely and narrowing things down. And, um, you know, where I've never dealt with the medical community, I am now because the um, Dr. Reams' work does what it does, but we've been dealing with the structural aspects. And this is where I'm investigating what's going on structurally and my responsibility to it. And when I found and revealed that this is a genetic thing, as well. My aunt, my mother's sister, was in a nursing home before she was 65 or 67, completely debilitated with osteoporosis. And I believe it was probably an issue with the other women then in my family. So it's like, okay, this stops with me, as always, and um, getting on to my responsibility in this. And um, like I say, doing like the acupuncture, and I manifest this wonderful doctor who is among us, she uses her medical license to not write prescriptions, but to support. If you can convey that to her, she'll give you her best and highest. And I, I'm I'm very blessed, Michael, and I appreciate all of cool. you being there for me in the process. Um, and the ass right, well, is thinking. We hold the space. Um, yeah, I just um, uh, I'm I'm gonna replay our. Yeah, I'm going to play our conversation well, and hopefully I can give you better vocabulary. I thank you. All right. Carry on. We hold the space. All right. Blessings. Take care. And everyone, we uh, we appreciate you being with us. Uh, it's, a, it's an awesome opportunity for us to bring these tools forward. Oh, yes. Today is Valentine's No, Sunday is Valentine's Day. So we'll wish you all that um, your sweethearts, are such a gift to you that you move forward in a way that you create relationships supporting you and living as this awesome presence of love you were designed to do. Actually, it's my eternal day tomorrow, too. So I'll just invite everybody to uh, hold this space for me tomorrow. We're actually going to uh, to take the evening and go and see an Elvis impersonator at a restaurant. We're a nice little Lebanese restaurant that we found here. So hold the space. For a happy eternal day and the best year yet of my eternal life, and I support you having the best year yet of your eternal life. Blessings, appreciation for joining us. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio. 
with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. Evolving continuously. 